Well, I want to talk to you today. Uh, go ahead, Chad, with that. Um, I want to talk to you about the power of unconditional encouragement. Now, this word alelon is a Greek word uh, that we find in the New Testament. Some uh, 58 times in the New Testament, the words one another or each other occur. In fact, it's the one, it's the one commandment in the New Testament that's found most often is that we are to do lots of things for each other or for one another. That's the word alelon. So uh, that knowledge right there and $2 will get you a cup of coffee just about anywhere in Newcastle. But anyway, I just thought it'd be kind of cool for you to know that. So um, the power of unconditional encouragement. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. It's kind of like Paul was saying, you know that stuff that you're always doing? Keep doing it. <laughs> you know, and I feel like uh, in some ways that I'm, when I'm talking about encouragement, I'm talking about, uh, it's like talking about, uh, to fish about water. Because <laughs> I feel like this is a very, very encouraging church. There's a lot of encouragement going on just in the time that we, we have been here. But encouragement is, is like water in that we need it every day, right? We just need a constant flow of it in our lives. I've just found out that there's, there's hardly anything that a person can't do if they're encouraged. You know, but, if, but the, the reverse is true, that, that we can fail to reach our destiny and our, our full potential, bearing a lot of fruit and see that fruit remain if we are not encouraged in our lives. Here's Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Isn't that interesting? That you can, you can have sort of a buttress or a, a fortress against the deceitfulness of sin by maintaining a posture of encouragement, both being encouraged and encouraging others. That's interesting. And then 10.25, not giving up meeting together as some are, are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I just, I'm here to say what many of you could say, I am a product of encouragers. I have accomplished things in my life that I never could have accomplished had it not been for the encouragement I received from people like my wife, Sandy. Uh, Years ago, um, when Sandy and I were first married, I would, I would just kind of be kidding around in the car and, and singing in a, like a cartoon voice or just goofing off. And I had never sung in public before. And Sandy was, she came from a family of singers and she sang in a trio. And, and uh, she said, Dave, you've got a really good voice you used to sing. And I, I would go, no. I, you know, I just poo-pooed it. I resisted it. And uh, I kept resisting it. We moved to North Carolina. I became a youth pastor in a church there. And we had this old battle axe piano down in the, uh, an upright piano uh, that probably needed to be condemned. But it was down in the basement. And I would play down there and I would sing and play the piano. And, but I wouldn't let Sandy listen to me in the same room. Like she would open the door and I'd, I'd hear the door open and I'd, I'd stop playing. And uh, so she, she was tricky. So she learned to lay down on the floor and listen through the heat vent <laughs> so that she could hear me singing down there. 
But it was just, you know, it was kind of like one of those things that I was, I was wondering, could it be true? Could I actually maybe do something with, a, with my voice, with my singing voice? But I was not willing to let that encouragement in. And uh, one night I had, a, I had a vision dream or something. It was, I, I've never had anything like that before or since, but it was just like a slide, like one of these slides. But it was made out of stone it looked like, and it said Colossians 3.16. And it was there, it was like this thing being on for eight hours. and saying Colossians 3.16 in my mind. Uh, it was like a night vision, I guess. I don't know. But I woke up and I said to myself, self, maybe God is trying to tell you something. So I, I turned to Colossians 3.16 and it says, even when I'm old, old, no, that's not what it is. That's the other verse. It says, uh, let the word... Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I'm feeling kind of wacky right now, <laughs> true confession in the presence of the Lord. Um, that's my excuse anyway. Uh, oh gosh, what, how does Colossians 3.16 start out? I haven't memorized. Let, uh, let the word of Christ dwell within you richly, thank you. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs making melody in your hearts to God. And it took me about two seconds, and I realized God really is speaking to me. And, uh, and so I began to, to sing, and then became a worship leader, and, and have, you know, you know, just led worship in lots of settings. And it's just been one of the great blessings of my life. It probably wouldn't have happened if Sandy hadn't encouraged me uh, and just kept after me and kept after me. You know, sometimes we are the last people to know that we're gifted at something. Isn't that true? And it takes somebody else to come along and state the obvious. What is to them obvious may not be to you obvious. That's why we need encouragers around us. And a guy named Scott, uh, when I um, was taught, was thinking about uh, starting the school uh, as, as an expression of shepherding revival for the next 20 years of my life, uh, I was meeting with this businessman, uh, uh, entrepreneur in Indianapolis, and he built a couple of businesses and sold them and didn't need to work, was just bored. <laughs> he wanted to find another project. My son hooked me up with him. He thought I might help him out with his new business somehow, kind of be the front man for it. But the more we talked, we realized that he didn't really have an idea, a, a business idea that was exciting to him. And we began to talk about... Um, uh, me starting this school, and Scott says to me, he says, Dave, I'm going to tell you something I don't tell anybody who comes to me for d business advice, because usually their ducks aren't in a row, their ideas not right, they're not resourced, whatever. He said, he said, I cannot think of a single reason why you shouldn't do this school. <laughs> now, I, don't, I can't tell you, explain to you exactly how that, why that encouraged me so much, but it really did. Just from his, he's a believer, but, but was from his perspective as a business person, it was like it was the nudge I needed to move forward. And uh, to this day, I still thank Scott Rieger because he was so instrumental at that point in my life in saying something to me that I really needed to hear. My pastor, Randy Gooder uh, from the Vineyard, right around that same time, he asked me a question. He said, Dave, can you think of any prophecy that you've been given in your life that somehow doesn't find its fulfillment in the school supernatural ministry? I thought, wow, that's a great question. That's a great question. 
And it, it so encouraged me. Sometimes when people ask questions, questions can encourage, you know? I think Jesus asked something like 132 questions. And the question he asked most was, what do you want? Then interesting. What does that tell you about the heart of God to draw out of us our desires and show them how they intersect with his desire to do something great in the earth? So many, many others. And you can tell stories too. You're a product of encouragers, I'm sure, in your life. So I want to ask you a question here as an evaluative, self-evaluative question. What's your CQ? Well, that is your courage quotient. And I'm, I'm putting this up here because encouragement is having courage in, right? Courage inside. You know, I've thought of times when I've, got, I've gotten in worship services like we had today, to the, and, uh, and I, I thought back over my life, and I have felt like the presence of God so undeniably in the room, upon me, he's speaking to me. And two hours later, though, when that feeling subsides or when that sense of his tangible manifest presence subsides, if I'm not encouraged on the inside, I lose out on the moment and the momentum that could have been sustained had I been encouraged. You know, it's like the wave came in, but I, I missed it because I didn't have courage on the inside to sustain what was happening. And so, um, and so I think it's good for us to know and be able to admit honestly that where we are on, on any given day of our lives. So I have friends that I ask this question of quite often. Hey, man, are you encouraged, discouraged, or maintaining? On a scale of 1 to 10. You know, encouraged is 10. Discouraged is a 0. Maintaining is 5. And it's really helpful. Sometimes I, I've found that I don't even know where I'm at. I have, to, I have to stop and think about it. Because, you know, you just go through life, you know, you're, you're just chugging along. Sometimes we're, we're not so self-aware what's going on in, on the inside of us. And so I just want to ask you that question. I'm not going to ask you for a, raise, a show of hands, but I would like for you to pick a number from up, up there because we're going to use this later, okay? Are you discouraged? Zero, you know, one, two, three, four. Are you... Are you maintaining, you know, in the four, five, six range? Or are you very, very encouraged? All right, how many of you have got a number in your mind of, of where you're at? Okay, you've picked a number. Good. Okay, and then I want us to consider before we go on, what's God's CQ? <laughs> this is not a trick question. <laughs> it's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, if you were God, wouldn't you be encouraged? <laughs> you know, you could do whatever you want. You've been in this internal fellowship, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you too. Oh, it's awesome. You know, we can do whatever we want. And uh, God's encouraged. I just want to suggest to you that God is the most encouraged being in the universe. He just is. And so if we're going to be like him, then we need to learn to be encouraged, right? Not only to be encouraged, but to be encouragers. So this, this little message has two, two prongs to it. It's God's encouragement to you and God's encouragement through you. You know, you need God's encouragement to get to you before God's encouragement can get through you to someone else normally, all right?
So God is a supremely encouraged person. It doesn't mean that he's not moved by the tragedies, and Lord knows we've had tragedies in our nation and around the world of just horrific proportions. He is moved by those things. But he does sit outside of time, and he knows the end from the beginning, and he knows how it's going to all end up, and he's supremely happy. I like Mike Bickle's question. Do you think God is mostly sad, mostly mad, or mostly glad? Because the, the way you answer that question probably determines your outlook on life. It probably determines your demeanor in much of your life. Is he mostly sad, mostly mad, or mostly glad? And the Bible does not say, well done, good and faithful servant, come into the depression of your maker, you know. <laughs> Enter the joy. Enter the joy. So, I feel encouraged already. So, some points to ponder before we get into the meat of this is, have you confused discouragement with humility? I think I've known some people in my life, and I think I was one of these people at one time in my life. You know, where people would ask me how, how I was doing. I go, well, pretty, you know, pretty good under the circumstances. I would say, you know, silly things like that. And like, what are you doing under those circumstances anyway? <laughs> you know, I understand life is hard and life has many challenges, but we are also, we are bilocational people. We are on the earth, but we are also seated together with him in heavenly places. So being bilocational, we have a perspective on life that's unrivaled in the earth. And uh, so I want to encourage you not to conflate discouragement with, with humility. To say, you know, but this is, this is what it means to be humble, is I've got to be discouraged about my life. That's, that's not true. Being humble is actually just agreeing with God's assessment of reality. I want to say that again. It felt so good. Being humble is agreeing with God's assessment of reality. Also, are you justifying discouragement with realism? It's like, I'm just, just trying to be realistic, man. You know? Well, the, the Bible has an answer for every discouraging circumstance in our life. Like one person said, uh, uh, they said, uh, the worst thing it, that can happen to you in any, any day is that you, get, you have to walk by faith. <laughs> right? That was a good one. I'm going to let that hit bottom. So realism is, again, is looking at, at things through the lens of God's reality and seeing things in, in his, his viewpoint. He says, the path of the righteous... Who are the righteous? Can you wave your hand if you're righteous by the blood of Jesus? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that keeps getting brighter and brighter to the full day. It doesn't matter what circumstances are afflicting my life at the moment. There is a reality to the fact that things are getting brighter and brighter. Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. <laughs> Ooh, child, they're going to get brighter. <laughs> yeah, I'm not rapping. Don't worry. Uh, not even close. Are, are you encouragement resistant? Or are you vulnerable and receptive to the encouragement of others? Have you ever tried to encourage somebody and it just, it just bounces off of them? 
they just don't receive it. We were out visiting our uh, two grandsons and their parents in Arizona back in June. They have a child uh, who is, uh, at this point in his life, he's six years old, and when, when it's mealtime, he just doesn't eat. I mean, he, he's been like this since he was even in a high chair. They would have to leave him in his high chair for two, three hours at a time because he just ref- just not interested in eating, you know? And uh, there, he would snack at other times, but when it came to mealtime, it was just so hard to get him to eat. They'd say, take a bite, take a bite, take a bite, take a bite, you know? But he's so cute in that, that now at six years of age, he says, I'm, I'm too tired, too tired to eat. But the, the excuse I love the best is, it's not letting me. <laughs> This horrible food is emitting some kind of invisible signal that's not letting him eat. <laughs> that's so great. So I texted Jill the other day, our daughter, and I said, is, food, is the food letting Cubby eat? <laughs> she said, it's letting him right now. He's eating a snack. You know, sometimes uh, we have that, that resistance to encouragement you know, where we're, we just are not willing to receive it. And sometimes it's because we're afraid to hope. We're afraid to, to think that things might get better because we've had tragedy. We've had, we've had bad things happen in our lives. And so we feel like we have to adjust our thinking to expect the worst so that if the worst doesn't happen, then we can be pleasantly surprised, right? But this is not the mindset of a kingdom-oriented person. It's really not. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit anyway? He's in you, right? The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit, and inside the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. So you have access to the joy, the well-being, the encouragement, the hopefulness, the optimism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. <laughs> That's so good. Let it sink in. So is discouragement your default position because it's familiar? You know, sometimes we, we, get, we get familiar with certain circumstances in our lives, and even though we don't like what's going on, we don't like being dis- feeling discouraged all the time, we kind of accept it because at least it's familiar. But that's too convicting, so let's move on. <laughs> All right. And I, I stole this from Bill Johnson, but I just think this is so good. How to stay encouraged every day of your life. Focus on what God has done and what he is doing, not on what he hasn't done. You know, every one of us have things in our lives right now that are less than ideal. Right? Right? I mean... And in some cases, way far away from ideal, like horrible, have some horrible circumstances in our lives. But we also have some things in our lives that are, that are great, that are evidence of God working, of evidence of God's goodness in our lives. And we, it's our choice what we can dwell on. I'm not talking about denial. I'm not talking about just, you know, praise the Lord, everything's fine. No, but, you know, he is fine. <laughs> God is fine and God is good inside of me. And that's, that's, my, 
that's my outlook. And I'm looking and I'm thanking God for all the wonderful things he's doing in my life and has done. Sometimes I, if I don't have a current testimony, I pull out an old one because they have no expiration date. You know, and they declare what God will do again. And I just dwell on that and think about that and just talk about that. I love it. I love it. Feed on his faithfulness, Psalm 37.3 says. Okay, so uh, I've got the word unconditional in, in, in the title of this message. What is unconditional encouragement anyway? It's encouragement that is agenda-free. There's nothing in it for you. Uh, you know, I have come to know and find out in my life that not everybody wants to listen to me talk. You know what I mean? Have you been in those conversations where it, it's, it's very apparent that the other party needs or wants to talk and they don't, they're really not interested in listening to you talk, right? And uh, God is working with them as well. So at that point, I have a decision to make. Do I shut them out or am I able to lay down my life for my friend and be a listener and just let them talk? You know, I have found that the people, some of the people who have blessed me most in my life have been great listeners to me. I mean, they listen and they not only listen they don't listen with a view to, I, I just want to, I'm listening for something that will remind me of me so that I can tell you something more about me. You know, it's like, kind of like that joke of enough about me. Let's talk, let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's a real gift to be able to listen to people and to express the love of God to them by, by listening and not requiring or have an inward demanding that they return the favor, you know? And the truth of the matter is, is if we're fortunate, we have a, f- a handful of friends where that give and take happens regularly. You listen to me, I really listen to you, you really listen to me, it's mutual, it's wonderful, it's a great friendship, there's mutual caring and sharing, but it doesn't happen in all relationships, does it? In fact, who has that amount of time in their life, right? So, so I have found that there are some places and spaces in my life where I really realize that I'm the designated listener. And that is going to be an encouragement to somebody. So, so encouragement is not for the purpose of, of, you know, quid quo pro, of I scratch your back, you scratch mine. But it's for the purpose sometimes of just pouring into the life of somebody else. It's not a fishing ex- expedition. And it's to shine a light on the value of another who bears the image of God. Yeah. Our unconditional encouragement is tested when people around us are not behaving as we think they should. At these times, we must recognize we can encourage others while neither endorsing nor condemning them and their behavior. Wow. I don't know if that helps anybody, but it really helps me. So now for the meat of it, and I'll be, I'll be done here in about 11 minutes. Uh, so I'm going to talk about three things. Now, we've talked about 
the, the value of being encouraged and getting God's encouragement to us. Now we're talking about the value of encouragement coming through us. And there, here are three things that people need from you in the way of encouragement. First of all, they need the encouragement of your presence. It says here in Luke 19, 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to, Zac- to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I just want you to notice that Jesus said, didn't say, hey, come over to my house. He said, no, I'm going to come to your house. In other words, I'm not asking you to come into my world. I am asking if I can come into your world. I want to come into your house. And I want to be present for you. You know, it's just so wonderful. I, I lost, lost my mom a couple weeks ago. She's, she's 96 years of age. And it was one of those things where it was, you know, she had diminished uh, tremendously. And it was a, it was a great blessing to that she was able to go and just go home be with the Lord. But uh, I just remember the people showing up at the, at the funeral home, you know, and, and just being there, being present. You know, I, I think sometimes we undervalue the great blessing of our presence in people's lives. We don't have to be wordy, come up with all the right words, any cliches, any good things, or even a prophetic word. Sometimes just showing up is a tremendous blessing. How many of you know that it's not good for man to be alone? And that's not, not just a statement about marriage. It's a statement about the state of our lives. That Greek word we started out with, alone, alone, 58 times, one another, one another, each other, one another, one another, one another. It tells us that we are not meant to live this life as lone rangers out there and just uh, be isolated and alone. We need one another. So people need the encouragement of your presence. Second of all, people need the encouragement in your perception. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. So Jesus has this supernatural revelation about Nathanael that shocks Nathanael. Jesus had a perception of Nathanael before he met him. And he was able to uh, use that perception to convey the love of Jesus for him. Uh, It was a car wash recently, one of those car washes where you go through the car wash and then you get out and they, they they clean it inside do the inside, and I was feeling like stirred about the guy, the guy that welcomed me into the place, and a uh, young guy, a uh, recent co- high school graduate, start feeling like, man, I've got a prophetic word for this guy, and so I, I had some post-it notes that I, in the car, so I grabbed them, and I went inside as I was waiting, and I just started filling out the post-it notes of the things I had for him, and, and then when I came out, uh, he didn't happen to be busy, there was no, there was no car for him to welcome and I started sharing these, these words with him. And uh, he was going, yeah. He said, a matter of fact, blah, blah, blah. And, and every, every word that I shared with him, it was like, boom, boom, boom. He was like, uh, God was just reading his mail. And he goes, um, I happened to mention that we had, you know, I had this school. And he grabbed me before I walked away. He said, he's, I gave him the post-it notes, so, you know, so he could remember 
what I'd said. And uh, he said, no, what did you say the name of your school was again? And, and he says, I, I said, well, I can get you some inf information. And I said, you got another customer. He said, that's, he says, that's all right. <laughs> and he was just all ears. He was wanting to engage, he was wanting to talk. So I got his phone number later on. I sent him the, uh, the website. But, but uh, it was just an amazing, wonderful thing, you know, to have a perception about somebody prophetically and to convey the love of God. God sees you. He knows you. He knows what you're good at. He knows what you're good for. You know how many people need to hear the phrase, the world needs what you have. The world needs what you have to give. People are struggling so mightily with a, with a sense of a lack of significance. Like, my, does it matter? If, if I died tomorrow, would it matter to anybody? Would, would anybody would lose out? People need the encouragement in your perception. Like Sandy saying, Dave, you can sing. Like Scott saying, I can't see, think of a single reason you shouldn't do this school. People need your perception, your accurate perception of who they are, what they, what they carry, what they have. Ooh. We were in a Mexican restaurant, which we are often in. It's one of the four food groups. You know, my, our blood test salsa positive. <laughs> and, uh, so um, we're in this place, and I've just got stirring about the, about the server. And, and uh, I, so he comes over, and I said, hey, man, you're a really good server. I said, uh, he said, thank you. I said, have you ever thought about going into the uh, uh, public relations or the hospitality industry? And he goes, his, his eyes got big, and he goes, I'm in college and I'm majoring in public relations and hospitality is my <laughs> emphasis. I said, well, I, you know, I said, we've been praying for you. And I felt like God showed me that. And I shared some other things with him. And he was like, you know, eyes glazed over. We're just able to encourage him that God loves him, sees him, knows him. People need your perceptions. I love this. I, hear, I have this other story that happened uh, some time back. We were in a restaurant in Fisher's. And um, it was clear. Have you ever been in a restaurant where it was clear that not all was well with the employees between each other? I mean, that's a bad feeling, right? They're arguing with each other, and, and it's just, uh, it's bad. And so the, these two people, is like middle-aged lady and this young guy, they're staring daggers at each other, and he's moving, you know, very, like, uh, whatever, what I'm trying to say. But, you know, he, it was obvious he was mad by his body language. And he was slamming dishes up on top of the trash can, you know, where they go and throwing stuff. And, and uh, he was just, but I noticed that he was really working hard. And uh, so I just thought, how can we, uh, what can the king do in this situation? So I walked up to him and I said, hey, man, I just want to tell you that I've been noticing how hard you work. And this place is really lucky to have you as an employee. And he just like, his demeanor, everything just softened, everything just drained away. And he goes, oh, thank you, man. That, that really means a lot to me, man. That really made my day. I said, yeah, Jesus, Jehovah sneaky. Come in here, diffuse this situation. Why? The, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And he needed my perception. He needed me not to focus on the fact that he was angry with somebody, but to focus on the fact that he was a hard worker. 
especially when he's angry. <laughs> but, but I think all the time. <laughs> People need the encouragement of our perception. Some of you just need, we need to let that out. And you know, it doesn't have to be spiritual. It doesn't even have to be a word of knowledge or a prophecy. It can be, man, that, that color looks really good on you. Like that shirt, that looks really good on Mike. You know? <laughs> all, all of you, all y'all look great. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, you know how many negative messages people get bombarding their minds every single day? And just for you to release a perception of goodness, of admiration, it means the world to people. Jesus said, I saw you. I saw you over there under the tree. Whoa, Jesus, what kind of person are you? I'm the God kind of person. And finally, they need the encouragement of your process. They need the encouragement of your process. Everybody in here got a story, right? And there's nothing more powerful than story anywhere in our culture. Since the history of mankind, story is, has been one of the most powerful things in any culture. And your story is even more powerful than any other stories in the world because, number one, it's unique. And number two, it involves God. It's your testimony of what happened. When, when, when Paul got arrested and brought before kings, King Festus, Felix, and Agrippa, all three of those guys, he's standing before these guys, and he, said, he says, well, here's how it is. I was a Jew, and I was doing this and that, and he starts telling what? His story, his process. This is how, what happened when God entered my process. What, what would that song say about, I can't help but shout about the way that you came in? You know, when God came in, he established a process and, and put it in motion in our lives where we are daily getting transformed from glory to glory to glory. And within our big story are t thousands of little stories of God's intervention in our lives where he has done amazing things in and for and through us. And we just need to keep telling those stories. Somebody needs the encouragement of your process. Somebody is going through right now what you went through 10 years ago. And you came out on the other side victorious, and they need to hear the encouragement of your process. Whew. I feel God in here. <laughs> I want to show you a story, just a little story. Speaking of process, this, this young lady happens to be a relative of ours uh, through marriage. Her name is Rebecca. And she put this on Facebook, and I asked her for permission to put that on, on there. Uh, anyway, she says, for parents out there who are still using drugs, and I'm not excluding alcohol. I used to be you. I used to think just because I stayed home with my child and fed into my self-destructive behavior, it was acceptable because I wasn't out on the roads doing it. I was also under the delusion that my child didn't have any idea what I was doing. I was wrong. I also used to think because I would leave my child with someone else while I was out dancing with the devil and drowning myself in drugs, and yes, alcohol, a legal drug, that it was acceptable because my child wasn't with me. I was wrong again. I took precious time away from my children because of my own selfishness. I used to always obsess, think about, and plan the next time I could get high or as wasted as possible. I was trying to drown my fears, anxieties, shame, and pain that I didn't want to face. I couldn't stand myself, couldn't forgive myself, couldn't be alone with myself. 
So getting obliterated was the only option I could see. I just want people to understand the cycle of addiction and to know that you can get help. You can reach out. You're not alone. Five and a half years later, I'm just a boring 30-something-year-old girl who has her children and a life that is more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. People needed to read the encouragement that's in her process. So I just want to encourage you guys to receive the encouragement of God for yourselves. Acknowledge where you are on that CQ scale. When speaking of, we're going to go back to that as we wrap up. And uh, whoops, there we go. What's your CQ? Remember your number? And, uh, and also just make it a priority to, to keep yourself encouraged as much as you possibly can. You know, we have a stewardship over our own hearts and our own lives. And sometimes it's not possible for others to get to us and to give us just the right thing or the right word or just the right thing to, to say that's going to lift us up. And sometimes we need to bring ourselves into that place ourselves, right? And David showed that we can talk to ourselves and not be insane, right? He said, he said uh, why so downcast, oh my soul? He's holding up the, a mirror. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God, you know? So he encouraged himself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. So, um, but it's, there's no shame in being discouraged because it, you know, it happens. It's like, it's like a tank of gas, you know. There are different points in different, uh, of the week where your tank might be low. You just need a refill, you know. And there's no shame in that whatsoever because life is hard and can throw some pretty ugly stuff at you. So, uh, but I, I want to suggest to you that, that uh, I, th I think that this is already one of the most encouraging places in, in Newcastle for sure. One of the most encouraging places anybody can come in Newcastle is right here. You know, I, I heard this just yesterday. There's a prayer room in uh, Pasadena, California, where they do 24-7 prayer. But they also have a, a, a facet of that prayer room where people come and get destiny words. And they're, they're actually prophetic words, but people, you know, come in off the street. So actors and actresses and, and stuntmen, they come in and they get these words from God, and they, they fall down on the floor and blubber like babies, and it's just it's, it's a holy, wonderful mess. And, uh, and what I understand is that the city of Pasadena, in publishing some promotional materials about the city of Pasadena, has said uh, in the top 10 things you need to do in Pasadena, one of them is to go to this place where they give out destiny words. <laughs> Would that be awesome? Yeah. So it would be, wouldn't it be awesome to have such a reputation for encouragement that people would say, well, go over to this place right here because you, you may go in discouraged, but you, you, you won't come out that way. You just, you know, encouragement, it, I mean, New Covenant Worship Center is just a place where discouragement goes to die. <laughs> right? Yeah. And what if you have such a culture that, that there's so much encouragement, that the atmosphere is so pregnant with encouragement that people's dreams start to pop inside of them like popcorn and they start to to realize what they can do in God because they're encouraged Amen. Joshua is told hey just only be strong and of good courage get your CQ up get it all the way up as far as you can so would you stand oh thank you Jesus so um 
So I'm not going to make this a, a mandatory thing, but say you, you identified yourself uh, at, uh, you know, let's say five and below today. All right? You identified yourself at five and below. I would just like to ask you to, to if you want to, come up here. The Bible does say, let those who are strong bear the infirmities or the weaknesses of those who are weak. And then I'm going to have the, those who are, who are six and above come and give you some encouragement. Even if they're just telling you you got a nice shirt or they have a prophetic word or the encouragement of a prayer. So does that sound okay? All right. So if you are, if you are in that realm of five and below right now and you could use some encouragement, you would accept some encouragement. You would not say like my grandson, it's not letting me. You would receive it. Then I want to just invite you to come forward. No shame. He'll be, yeah, just let your courage inspire somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Because some, here's the thing. What if your encouragement to this, to a person today, come on up. What if your encouragement to a person up here today makes the difference in their achieving something great for God? You know, my friend Scott he gave me a word that made me make the decision to do a school when I was scared to do it. All right? So, yeah. So, I just want the rest of you who are six and above, if you have it in your heart, you've got something to encourage people with, you come up and find, find one of these people. And uh, let's just make sure that everybody gets somebody. Why don't you guys go ahead. Uh, you guys are really brave. Thank you for doing that. Just stand in a line here and facing out there. That way we can figure out if everybody's got somebody. All right, so uh, let's just have anybody who's a six and above. You got encouragement. You got some overflow. Come on up and uh, start pouring into to these people, okay? You can have a conversation or you can just say, I feel like God has a word for you. And here it is. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Come on up, encouragers. <laughs>